Welcome to the Illuminate Business Advisors podcast. Our mission is to help businesses improve productivity by changing the way they hire, train, and build teams. If you are a business owner or team leader, you are in the right place. If you aren't subscribed to our podcast, please do so at iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Thank you for being here, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, this is Richard Dvorak. Welcome to the podcast today. I am a managing partner with Illuminate Business Advisors. We're located out of Houston, Texas. We have clients all over the place, but we focus on three main things. One is hiring effectively. The second is training more effectively. And the third is driving or improving team engagement. And one of the ways that we do that is we use tools from Colby, that's K-O-L-B-E.com, to help understand instinctive strengths of employees and prospective employees. But what I'm going to talk about today is qualities or traits that I see among successful leaders. And what got me thinking about this was a conversation we had with a prospective client recently. So we were sitting in a discovery meeting and talking with a professional services firm, very, very successful firm. And all three of the partners, the one common thing that they said to me is, you know, we need leadership training. And I thought to myself, why are, you know, this is a successful firm. The founding partner has been in business for, you know, 40, 50 years. And I'm wondering why they were thinking they needed leadership training. And we were digging into their frustrations. And here's what I heard. Here's what I took away from the meeting. They were frustrated around employees not taking more ownership over their roles. The owners are feeling a lack of appreciation. And sometimes if you're not careful, that can come out as resentment. Employees were taking a little bit of liberty with their time off, arrival times, you know, free days, all all these types of things. And, you know, there weren't really good policies in place. So there was some ambiguity. And the partners were having some challenges with effective delegation. And so when they would kick something to an employee with some feedback on what they needed to change, it wouldn't come back the way they wanted it. So then the partners ended up doing it and working later. And you know, these people really care about the business, so they were going to do whatever they could or needed to to make the business successful, but they were just really are not having fun right now with the business. And so what it came down to is they said, we would really like leadership training. And so I got to thinking to myself, what makes a good leader? Now, in full and fair disclosure, I'm not a perfect leader. I'm far from it. I've got my own challenges, my own struggles, and my own growth, but I've been around long enough successful practitioners in many different types of businesses, and I've been around successful businesses to know what what good leadership looks like. And so what good leadership is not is some formula. It's not a magic formula like the one-minute manager or the seven steps for highly successful people or managers. It's nothing like that. I don't think there's a formula, but I think there's four things that need to be present in a company for effective leadership to take place. And the the four things are, number one is a clear expectation of what's expected. There needs to be policies, procedures, a, a clear definition of responsibilities for everyone on the team. Number two, there has to be regular and effective one-on-ones. Number three is there needs to be an understanding of team member strengths and capabilities. And you also, the flip side of that is ne- being able to understand what strengths your employees or your team members don't have so you don't set unreasonable expectations. And the fourth thing is there needs to be a performance management process when needed. Now, you could also look at performance management as, you know, growth or a development plan, but 
That would be more in the one-on-one -on -one interaction, I would say. So there needs to be a performance management. And there's going to be people that are going to make mistakes or they're going to, you know, underperform or not meet expectations. And so there needs to be a specific way to address that. So the four things are clear expectations, regular and effective one-on-ones, understanding of team member strengths, and then a performance management process. Now, if you work for a big company, if you go to a Fortune 500 or a, just a, a large, most large companies are going to have all of these things in place. So one of the benefits of a big company and all that goes along with that is you're going to have these definite policies, procedures, clarity on roles. You're going to have performance management process. You may not have a good understanding of team strengths and capabilities. That's, that's an area that I see as a deficiency. But you're going to get a lot of the management tools and processes that are going to be in place. The problem is if you're a small business or a medium-sized business, then those things don't come with the, with the company. In fact, if you've ever read, this is a great book for anybody, but the E-Myth or the E-Myth Revisited, and Michael Gerber makes the point that almost every successful business, whether it's small, medium, or large, started with somebody that was proficient as a technician. So if you were you know, a CPA, you were a good CPA, you weren't necessarily a good entrepreneur. If you're a good engineer, it doesn't mean you knew how to run an engineering firm. Now, people figure those things out along the way or they don't. But one of the things that they have to figure out is this leadership, how to be a good leader. And I think what people want from that is they want to be a good leader, but they want to get more out of their people. They want to be able to delegate more effectively. They want people to have ownership and they want to have fun. They don't want to do everything themselves. So, you know, what might you do if you're in this the same position of thinking, you know, I want to be a better leader. What does that look like and what do I need to do? Number one is I think there needs to be an operations manual. You have to have policies, procedures, responsibilities. You know, how many days do you get off? And if you're not, if you're off over those, what happens? Or if you can't make it into the office, you know, who does what? A very clear set of policies and procedures. Now, we don't do that with our company. We know somebody that does. So if you'd like a referral, feel, feel free to go to the website and email me. But there just needs to be clarity, no ambiguity. I think when there's ambiguity, people can take advantage of it or they just, they just don't know what, what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to act. Number two is having regular and effective one-on-ones. Now, I hate meetings, so you got to take this from my perspective. I'm not talking about scheduling more meetings, but there needs to be some check-ins for your people. And a one-on-one -on -one meeting can be a five or a 10-minute check. It doesn't need to be this long thing. In fact, I would, I would discourage from extra long meetings unless they need to be. And a really good book for having effective one-on-ones that I'd recommend is The Coaching Habit by Michael Bungay Sanger. I think that's how you pronounce his name. But The Coaching Habit, it, it prescribes a formula that's more about asking questions. And I'll give you the high-level version, but it's something like, what's on your mind? And what else? And what's the biggest challenge for you right now? What do you want to happen? What are your options? You know, how can I help? So it's more of asking the right questions. And, and I think that that's what effective leaders do. It's not just telling our subordinates or our employees what needs to happen or what they need to do, but it's helping them figure things out on their own, but in a very structured way. The only thing I would add to the coaching habit, that conversation that I just mentioned with the employees is to start off with what's going well. Always start off with a win or, or positive. We call it positive focus. We took that from strategic coach and just stole it. But 
I would always start off with what's going well. That sets a different tone for the meeting than what's not going well. The third component for effective leadership is understanding of team strengths and capabilities. Now, this is really where our firm, IBA, comes in. We use the Colby tools, our suite of tools, to go in and help companies understand what everybody's instinctive strengths are. Now, an instinctive strength, you can go back and listen to my other podcasts on Conation, but it's really understanding how your people take action. So, for instance, do you know which employees need more data before making decisions? Do you know which employees like to experiment more? Do you know which employees need to have a process laid out for them? There's a lot of different things that I feel they're important to understand about our employees to be better leaders. It would be like if you were managing a baseball team, just assuming that everybody had the same strengths in the batter's box. Everybody's a power hitter, so I'm going to train everybody the same way. Well, you know, actually, you need people that don't worry about hitting. They just need to focus on pitching. You need some people that can bunt. You need some people that can, you know, have base hits. And so, you know, understanding team strengths is really important. I, I would say this is maybe the most important thing we're going to talk about today. Now, I'm biased in that area. But when you understand team strengths, you can have the right expectations about what to expect from your people and what not to expect. And then your leadership style and the things you ask them to do can be really catered to their strengths. And the fourth thing is performance management process. I'm not going to talk about this a lot, but there needs to be a way to give people feedback on not only what they're doing well, but what they're not doing well and what your expectations are on how to fix that. I hate to throw out another book, but Fierce Conversations is a great book for getting to the root of a matter and really having a tough conversation. But there just needs to be a process. Now, if you have clear expectations of what's expected, so going back to step one, which is policies, procedures, and responsibilities, then you can have a performance management process that's that's tied to that. So today was really, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I wanted to talk about, you know, what I what I see as the components for effective leadership. So to wrap, clear expectations, regular and effective one-on-ones, understanding team strengths, and then having a performance management process when needed. And the companies that I see that have these are the ones that really excel. And the ones that don't have it, they have very good technicians. They know their trade very well, but they often don't drive team engagement and don't feel like effective leaders. So thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you're not subscribed, please do so at iTunes or some of the major podcast platforms. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Illuminate Business Advisors podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can get updated episodes. You can subscribe at iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. If you are already subscribed, please leave us a rating to let us know how we are doing, but only if we've earned a five. If we didn't this time, please check out our episode library for other topics that interest you. You can find more information about our company and services at IlluminateBA.com. Thanks for listening, and here's to your success.